Whatever you do, don't think for one moment what I'm about to say is bragging. It really isn't. But let me tell you, there are times I wish some of the things I've told you were not true. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. Now, before I explain what I mean by that statement, uh, let me just remind you, this has been a week of travel for my wife and I, leaving our place in Georgia behind for the duration and heading down to Florida. And so we'll be in Florida for an extended period. I couldn't even tell you how long. Will it be measured in weeks or months? Hard to tell. But we will be in Florida for the foreseeable future. I might add, I'm supposed to be doing a wedding later this month and also working on a project with WRMI, the primary shortwave station that this this program is heard. So keep us in your prayers. It's going to be quite a time living on the road and also producing this program on the road. I want to thank Edward Zoll for being my guest yesterday and also um, Jim Calhoun for filling in for me on Wednesday so we could make the trip. And I, I want to thank those men of God for what they have done in helping this ministry. When we started this program oh, a little over a year ago, I wondered what the direction of the program would take. Now, the things that inspired me, there were two things going on in the United States at the time that I began the program that were on everybody's mind. Obviously, the pandemic and in the United States and even in other parts of the world, the presidential election that would occur in November. And as I would watch television and check out the, quote, other networks to see what they were saying, and look at some of the news sources that I normally would read, I became increasingly troubled that truth is no longer something that we value in our media, in our news, in our culture, even in in many people's lives. And I've been doing a weekend radio show for the longest time, literally since March of 2015. Back then it was called Your Weekend Show. And that program was kind of like a little magazine of the air. Sometimes we talked about current events, other times just life in general, how to get through it, the things we all face, the triumphs, the tragedies, the victories and the defeats, the things that can go wrong. But as we got into the spring and early summer, as we got close to summer, this voice started to stir inside of me to do something different to add to what I was doing. But I didn't know exactly what that would be. I thought about doing just a brief little video podcast every couple of days, maybe daily, maybe, you know, four or five minutes tops, just me talking a little bit of graphics and a little bit of video to to bring home just a single story. And I really debated doing that and I'm trying to think what it was what's it going to take to do it I have a camera I could probably use and I've got some decent microphones and I can put a green screen behind me in my little office and yeah I could probably produce something like that but then again I'm a radio guy at heart now I really I really had planned to do the short little video 
which means it would have been podcast only, you know, a video podcast, maybe an audio little five minute you could pick up uh, if you subscribed for free. But then I thought about it more pragmatically and I gave it a lot of thought. Number one, number one. I'm basically a one-man operation. I don't have a producer. I don't have a large network behind me. And I would have to spend quite a bit of money on equipment to do the video to do it correctly. That's just being just being totally honest. And I'm not I'm 67 years old. I'm not the most handsome guy anymore in the world. I you know, I never was a television guy. I'm a radio guy. So for a, for a bit, I thought, maybe I'll just do a podcast. I'll keep the little weekend radio show going and, and maybe do you know a short podcast two or three times a week. And people that subscribe to the podcast, you know, they'll, they'll get it on their phone or they'll see a little note on their computer or tablet, whatever it is that they use. Thought about that. But the reality is really simple. I don't have the resources and shall we say, the network power behind me that maybe a Dan Bongino has who has been seen so many times on Fox News. I'm not a a Joe Rogan who comes out of Clear Channel fame and and many, many others. I don't have the million, multi-million dollar machines behind me to get me over the top. I've got to enter the podcast marketplace uh, with what I've got and try to find the best platform or platforms that will even keep my show on. And and I kept thinking, you know, I know a ministry I'm not going to name that at one time did a tremendous amount on shortwave. And one day they just decided they're not doing it anymore. The reasons that they had, I think, were rather thin. But they liked the idea of just being you know, on the iPhone or the Droid phone only and, you know, maybe do, and they were going to do video and television. And and so a lot of ministries have simply walked away from shortwave and even a lot of the broadcast medium. They've done that. And uh, they've gone internet only. And I've I've never felt comfortable with that. Now, I have no problem using it. Don't get me wrong. This program, we are currently, in all honesty, we are using uh, the podcast. And and I've put it primarily at a place called PodPoint, which is a Christian organization. That is my primary feed. And it finds its way secondarily to a number of other places. And and the cost of of the podcasting is rising as I try to help it grow. And I want to use, and you say, well, wait a minute, aren't you the shortwave guy? Yes, but a lot of people do not own shortwave radios. But I can tell you for a fact that there have been people that have listened to this program as a podcast that have since gone out and purchased an inexpensive shortwave radio. And they say, yes, if you ever disappear as a podcast, I can still hear you. So it's nice to know that I'm trying to use everything out there. Why? I'm not going to put all my eggs in one basket today. I think that's the mistake that many ministries have made. Oh, we're just going to go online. We're just going to be on the internet. The world can see our church service, you know, whatever. And my heart is saying, don't 
Don't put it all in one place because that one place could be finding its rug pulled out from underneath it in a split second. It really could happen. And if you don't think it could happen, look at what the tech tyrants are doing on a systematic basis to people and their ministries and their work. A lot of people used to rely on Facebook Live. Now they're gone. They used to rely on YouTube. Now they're banned. They used to rely on Twitter. Now they're they're gone, banished. And all the other competitive voices trying to get out there just cannot break the numbers. I remember when Parler started, kind of the alternative to Twitter. They made one fatal mistake. They were completely dependent upon the iTunes store, the Play Store from Google for the Droid phones, and Amazon Web Services for their for their platform. And once they said something that the giants didn't like, they were thrown off, their apps were gone, and then they were kicked off with only 48 hours notice from the Amazon web servers. Yeah, Jeff Bezos. He's an uber leftist. He's a billionaire leftist. He owns the Washington Compost newspaper. And all of us that end up having to buy stuff from him, especially during the pandemic, just keep throwing more billions of dollars into his coffers. The the billionaire class is what I worry about the most because they seem to have aligned themselves. You know, the Democrats, and I don't want to sound political, but it is always the mantra that Democrats are for the little guy and the Republicans are all the fat bankers. Well, the truth is it's dead opposite these days. If you look at all the known billionaires that are out there, they're all, they're all leftist Democrats, every one of them. It's hard to find a Republican in that group. They just don't exist. Bill Gates is not a Republican. Jeff Bezos is not a Republican. And the list goes on and on and on. Hollywood, where the big millions of dollars reside, they are not Republican. Now you get an occasional, but overall. So in doing this program, I had to decide what the purpose of the program was. So I had a short-term goal. We have this pandemic. And there's all kinds of weird and strange information out there. And having served in emergency management, having looked at documentation, having read daily briefings, some of the things you never see, and then listening to the mainstream media and seeing what Facebook and YouTube were saying you couldn't say, though I knew they were true, I decided there's one there's one entity, there's one uh topic that needs to be addressed then the election things are coming out now that shows just how corrupt it was in 2015 and 16 and the fact that we now have a department of injustice run by a reprobate i mean it's going to be hard getting justice now in this country the leftist satanic machine has taken over it really is a leftist satanic machine. And I'm going to give you more evidence of that in, in a few minutes. But just, just so you understand, it is a leftist uh, satanic regime, regime. And truth is no longer a fact. I mean, we, we don't want truth anymore. Truth is, you know, we, we can't have truth and fact. It is going to be narrative and agenda and ideology. 
and those are the only things that matter. They're going with the philosophy that the ends always justify the means, which is what the communists did um, for 100 years. The ends always justify the means. Even if we kill people, it'll be justified in the end. Even if we lie, it's okay, because in the end, we win. Winning is everything. And so, as I prayed about this, as we got into the month of June and July, I'm going, okay, I need to be on shortwave radio. I will not have a huge audience. It's just going to be a small audience. But... There's something about the shortwave audience, and I'm not, listen, I'm not belittling those that are actual regular podcast listeners. Thank you for listening, and please stay with me. But I recognize there is a group of people that just don't want to hang out on the internet for various and very good reasons at times. And they can discern the nonsense, and and there's a lot of nonsense on shortwave, I know it. There's a lot of bad theology on on shortwave. I get that, too. I want to be a reasonable voice of truth and honesty and integrity. And I have been so cautious over the past year and, and, well, going on, we're in 14 months now. We're in our 14th month. I have seen so many stories that I've been tempted to bring to you, but that little voice inside says, double check it. Don't run with it. And a lot of places, I'm not going to name, well-known secular and even many religious ones, primarily those that are still internet only, and and a few on shortwave, they they grab the, the tawdry headline and they run with it. And then when the story begins to fall apart, they just pretend they didn't say it. I've seen that with some Christian programs as well that bring on date setters. You know what I mean by a date setter? The guy that says Jesus is coming sometime on this day or that day in this year or that year. I've seen many a ministry. I've seen some ministries thoroughly self-destruct and have to rebuild when their founder, many of you know what I'm talking about, uh, puts up billboards saying that Jesus is coming on May the 12th or whatever it was, whatever year, and the ministry tanks. I've seen other ministries that are clever. They bring on so-called prophets of God that will do the dirty work of saying, Jesus may be coming next year. Are you prepared? And then this way, there's culpable deniability for the program host. Honestly, honestly, if I was doing an interview with somebody that suddenly said that the Lord said you had until this day and that day to get prepared, and after that, it's going to be, uh, you know, the seven-year tribulation, the rapture, yada, yada, I, I, I would cut it off end the interview, and if it was recorded, I would never air it. Because I think in doing so, I destroy my credibility because the Bible is explicit and specific that no one knows the day or the hour, period. And when you start pretending that you've got it down, like, oh, it's going to be within this week, well, you're getting it, you're starting to tread in some dangerous territory that I will not go. Last week, last weekend, before we headed out to Florida, I got an email from a friend, a man that I truly admire, and who has a tendency from time to time to be able to listen to this radio program. And he shared with me, and this is one of many stories that I want to share today. 
And, and, and I want you to have hope in all of this, too. There is some hope in the, at the end of all this. He shared with me uh, a, a video that came from, you know, One American News Network. And, you know, I, I probably will end up subscribing to it along with everything else. But, you know, a lot of these you have to pay to subscribe. And I'm paying a pretty good amount every month to subscribe to some legitimate sources. You know, I, I need to have more than, than the free click, you know, uh, clickbait. I, I can't go there anymore. There are too many of the clickbait webs, websites out there. And, and they catch your attention with these really tawdry headlines. Biden caught, and he does not want you to see this. You know, I mean, I'm so sick of it. I don't want to see any of that garbage anymore coming in my email. This is the video Nancy Pelosi dreads you might see. It's clickbait to get you to buy something. And I just dispose of that up front. I don't touch it anymore. Look, I know there are some places I deal with that are product sellers, but they're very open about it. I get it. Uh, and I have no problem. You're being completely honest about everything you're doing. But some of these places, you know, it is the clickbait. We need you to fill out this poll. Do you think that Trump was the greatest president that ever lived? Is Nancy Pelosi the devil or a witch? You know, I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to see any more of this. Life is too short. There are too many people that don't know the gospel. And I'm reminded of one thing. Do not be deceived. This is Galatians 6, 7, and 8. Do not be, be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that also he will reap. For the one who sows in his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will reap from the Spirit eternal life. We're living in a world of deception and lies. And Facebook... YouTube have taken upon themselves to be the propaganda masters. They now are the determiner of what is fact and fiction, even though much of their fact is truly fiction. How many times do we hear from some fool, some talking head, empty-headed, soulless fool, those people are dying from taking horse dewormer. They must take the vaccine. That's all you hear. And they neglect to tell you, they, they neglect to tell you that there have been medications and drugs out there for quite a long time that work. But they don't want that narrative. Even though it's a true narrative, it goes against their ideology narrative. And ideology means everything. Listen, I'm going to play for you. It's just a few minutes. And all you need to hear is the audio track of this story. And this comes from about a week or so ago from uh, America's, you know, uh, One News Network. And I want you to listen to this. One American News Network. I want to give it credit. And the audio just lasts a few minutes. Listen carefully. This is a true story. We already have shared this a month ago. We shared it way back in September when it first came out. And when I shared it from the sources that I had, I thought that within days, other media would catch up. And I was surprised when it didn't, yet I still had the confidence in my source on this particular story. And they, they have vetted the story very carefully. So uh, what you're about to hear is pretty much what we told you 
back in September, at least one conservative media has picked it up. Now I'm waiting for Newsmax and Fox, and I'm just beginning to wonder if they ever will catch up. Or are they becoming increasingly a part of what I call the good cop, bad cop scenario? Listen carefully. While the mainstream media condemns the use of ivermectin, the most populated state in India just declared they are officially COVID-free after promoting widespread use of the safe, proven medicine. Here's one America's Pearson Sharp. Ivermectin is getting a pretty bad rap here in the United States, all over the Western world, really. And to be fair, that's probably for a good reason. I mean, it was developed in the 80s specifically for humans and was later found to be effective for treating animals as well, has been used safely for decades, has no known drug interactions, revolutionized healthcare in Africa and has saved millions of lives, won a Nobel Prize for its success treating humans in 2015, and is on the WHO's list of the safest, most effective medicines in the entire world. But sure, just repeat the leftist talking point, it's horse dewormer. The problem, as we've discussed, is that ivermectin is cheap and widely available, and it won't make Pfizer or Moderna $60 billion a year like selling the investigational vaccine will. But is there any evidence that it actually works to treat the coronavirus? Actually, yes, quite a lot in fact. In India, in the state of Uttar Pradesh, which has a population of 240 million people, the government has been widely promoting the use of ivermectin to treat Wuhan virus patients. And instead of headlines reporting thousands and millions of deaths from deadly horse medicine, state leaders have just declared that Uttar Pradesh is now officially COVID-free. A region with nearly as many people as the entire United States is totally COVID-free. And the recovery rate in India, which no one in America seems to be talking about either, is 98.7%. So let's compare for a moment because we might be able to make an important discovery here for public health. In India's state of Uttar Pradesh, just 5.8% of the population are fully vaccinated. In the United States, nearly 60% of Americans are fully vaccinated. In India's state, the rate of COVID positivity is 0.01%. In the United States, it's 7.6%. In India, they have 199 active COVID cases. In the US, we have nearly 130,000 new cases as of September 30th, and an average of more than 112,000 cases in just the last seven days. And in India, they're widely promoting the use of ivermectin to treat the China virus. In the United States, doctors will lose their medical license if they prescribe ivermectin, and our top so-called medical professionals dismiss the drug as nothing more than dewormer for barnyard animals. Do you see a connection here? And it's worth pointing out that Uttar Pradesh is India's most highly populated state where people are densely packed together, much more so than here in the U.S., and it's impossible to practice proper social COVID distancing. So what does all this tell us? That maybe, just maybe, there's something to the claims that ivermectin can and does work against the coronavirus. But no, instead, you have the high prophet of pharma, the good doctor, Anthony Fauci, condemning it, and even major news outlets running fake stories about how 70% of Mississippi's poison control calls are for people taking ivermectin. That story 
turned out to be totally false. Never happened. And the AP had to find a way to take their massive jackbooted foot out of their mealy mouths and retract the story. Rather than saving lives, the political, medical, and media establishment are promoting false stories about a safe drug, claiming it will kill you, and instead promoting an untested, unproven drug that actually is killing young, healthy people with no underlying conditions, like 13-year-old Jacob Clinic of Michigan, who died three days after receiving the vaccine from fatal heart inflammation, or paralyzing others, like 12-year-old Maddie DeGaray, who almost died after receiving her second dose of the Pfizer vaccine and can no longer move her legs and is bound to a wheelchair. Or Jumai Nachi, an otherwise healthy woman who had no symptoms before getting vaccinated and who somehow came down with COVID immediately after getting the Pfizer vaccine and had to have both her legs and hands amputated. Why should we trust our health officials when they won't follow the science? Americans are being lied to. We're being told not to believe the facts that we can see with our own eyes, while Big Pharma makes tens of billions of dollars profiting on the death and suffering of this pandemic. The simple truth is that our nation could open up today, like in India, without any need for more lockdowns, without the need for mandatory injections, without mask mandates for our children in school. All we have to do is follow the science. For One American News, I'm Pearson Sharp. So tell me, how many times have we heard people in Washington and certain other actors in this coronavirus play use the term, we follow the science? We follow the science. Truth is, they really don't believe in the science. Well, well, I take that back. They do believe in science, but it's only political science. And in a few minutes, I'm going to spend a little bit of time unraveling some of that. When you hear some of the material I've got in the next half of this program, it's going to be shocking. And I don't normally say that. And these are stories that we've been following for over a year. I'll just say this much. This is what got me started in worrying about how this pandemic was going to be used in politics, in control, in taking down a president. Honestly, it was used for that purpose. There's no doubt in my mind about that. I used to be able to find certain things in my research when I was working in emergency management that are now virtually impossible to find. But thankfully, there are archives and you can find this stuff if you look hard enough. I'm going to share with you some information in just a few minutes to tie this together. And I'm going to expose this as being the greatest lie ever told during this pandemic. And honestly, that has ever been told by anybody in our government in the last 40 some odd years. So I just have to go with the data. I don't have any horse in the game one way or the other. I just look at the data. When I come back. I'm going to expose that for the huge lie that it is. And I don't care what the consequences are, because it is out there. It is real. Just because CNN looks the other way. Just because MSNBC wants to prop up their hero, Dr. Fauci, New York Times, Jeff Bezos, Washington Post, I don't care. They're lying And the documentation is still there to prove it after all these years. 
But just like the news story out of India, it is ignored in the United States. It is ignored in Australia. It's ignored in Canada. It's ignored in the United Kingdom. It's ignored in any place that the left is trying to convert what is considered a republic or a democracy into some kind of a a satanic socialist paradise. And so many people in power and authority are abject liars. They have no conscience. They are driven by the love of money, believe it or not, which the Bible says is the root of all evil. Proverbs 10 verse 9. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his ways crooked will be found out. Hey, even St. Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, Romans 12, 2, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. These people in government, their ways are now crooked. And I pray if we are to have any respite from this time of trial, tribulation, and pain, I pray that the veil be pulled back and the light of God's truth be shown. And we'll share more in just a moment. Do you believe in the work of Truth to Ponder? And by the way, pray for us as we're on the road, we're in Florida, and we have a special mailing address to use during these months ahead, so mail does not get lost. I'm going to give you that address. It's a little bit longer than the old one, I know. I'm sorry. Got a couple of extra numbers in it. But it's just truth to ponder. And the address is 5753. That's 5753 Highway 85 North. Highway 8585 North. And then you need to add a number. And the number is 3248. That's 3248. So 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248. And the city is Crestview. Two words. Well, actually one word. Crestview. I'm so used to saying Sky Valley. Crestview, Florida. 32536. One last time. Truth to Ponder. 5753 Highway 85 North, number 3248, Crestview, Florida, 32536. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Beerman. The direction of your life coming up. Shalom Aleichem. This is the nice Jewish boy, Jonathan Kahn, your Jewish connection, bringing you the riches of your Jewish roots in Jesus. Now get your pen out as fast as you can so you don't miss out on receiving a special free gift you're going to get and love in a moment. What's the direction of your life, my friend? Where are you heading? You're heading to a job? You're heading to a career? You're heading to a school? You're heading to a person? You're heading to marriage or to a house or ministry, a change of location, or you got a plan? You might have a specific direction. And it's not that these things aren't good or that they can't be in God's will, but these things are not the direction of your life. Look what it says, Proverbs 15, 24. Listen, it says, The path of life leads upward for the wise, that he may keep away from Sheol below. You see, all those things of the plans that we have, they're located somewhere in the world. 
east, west, north, south. But Proverbs doesn't say the path of life leads to east, west, north, south. It says one direction. The direction of life leads upward. So if you make a specific thing your real goal, then that's not the path of life. Even something good like ministry, if that becomes the final end goal of why you're doing things, then it's no longer up. And you wonder why you're not experiencing the life of God. Well, there's only one direction, up. And whatever helps get you there, you go. Your goal is never to get from point A to B. Your goal is to rise up from the earthly to the heavenly, from selfishness to love, from ungodliness to God, from the carnal to the spiritual. What's the direction of your life? You're wondering? You need direction? You got it. You can start today. Your direction is up. Even today, take that step that will lead you higher, up in God. The path of life is better than east, west, south, and north. It's better than that. You've got a life that has direction, and the direction is called up. Want more? Ask for Straight Up. Now hidden for 2,000 years, now revealed the awesome, unprecedented mystery of the temple doors. You'll love it, and Sapphire is guaranteed to help you become strong and victorious in God. How can you get this absolutely free? Easy. Just remember Yeshua, Jesus' real name, Yeshua, and you dial it. That's it. Just dial 1-800-YESHUA-1. But call now. You will be blessed. That's 1-800-YESHUA-1. I invite you to join me in bringing salvation back to God's ancient nation, Israel, and all the unreached peoples on five continents with over a billion people. Just call 1-800-YESHUA-1, and you'll have a great part in the end time harvest. That's Y-E-S-H-U-A-1. Or you can write me direct. Here's how. Just write to the nice Jewish boy, box 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. It's a nice Jewish boy, 1111, Lodi, L-O-D-I, New Jersey, 07644. Until next time, this is Jonathan Kahn saying, Go up, my friend, straight up. Peace be to you, my friend in Messiah. Or Haolam, the light of the world, Adon Shemayim, and the Lord of heaven. Go straight, go up in the Lord. This is Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. And I want to welcome you back to our program, Truth to Ponder. You may not recognize that music playing underneath me as we come back to this second segment. I ran across this in my collection of music, and this one goes back literally 50 years. And someone maybe you've heard of, maybe you have not heard of, I just remember this from when I was just starting in radio. And it was a local artist by the name of Chuck Mangione. Uh, which many people call Chuck Mangione, but Chuck Mangione in Rochester. And the song is called The Hill Where the Lord Hides. Well, the one thing is, I know as a Christian, the Lord never hides. He is ever-present. He is ever-ready to hear us, to lead us, to guide us, to encourage us. And, And too many people that today, in my opinion, they claim the name of Christ are living in unnecessary fear. The other night, I was sharing with a friend that I have who lives in upstate New York. He is a church pastor in a little town called Stanley, New York. It's kind of halfway between Geneva and Canandaigua. Tiny little town, beautiful little region of upstate New York. And I remember the good times that I had growing up my high school years in a little village not far from there, not far from Lake Ontario. And those were simpler times. Now, I know there was deceit out there. I know people lied, but we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the power um, 
yielded by government into the press. The press was still somewhat of a trustworthy source, but that has changed. That has changed terribly over the past 25, 30 years, where instead of the the press being um, a bulwark of truth, they now are a part of the division and the lie. We as Christians, according to Galatians, need to walk by the Spirit and not gratify the desires of the flesh. This is what the Bible teaches. And we are to this point where integrity, honesty, have been supplanted and literally buried by ideologies. To many of my Christian friends, you know, don't look to the ballot box to cure the problems of this world. I I listen to people all the time. Yeah, Bob, I know it's bad now, but just wait till 2022 and then 2024. We're going to get it all fixed. Baloney. Not going to happen. And here's why I say that. Number one, I've been voting since 1972 and some of you listening longer than that. And I can tell you With only a couple of exceptions, I've generally been disappointed with even my candidate, let alone, you know, what would have happened with the other. We're learning what what Jesus says in Mark chapter 7, when he says what comes out of a person is what defiles him, what comes out of his mouth, what they say. For from within, out of the heart of man come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, coveting, wickedness, deceit, sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. And I'm not looking to to a prince or politician to save this world. This world is already condemned. And we as Christians live in this world, but we are not of this world. And too many Christians are having a hard time Understanding precisely what that means. And that's why that's why we do this radio program, Truth to Ponder. I want you to be informed that regardless of any little reprieve we get, which I really pray can happen, I'm not saying it will, it could, but even when the truth comes out about the 2016 election and all the lies, and it, it will come out, what will happen? Will anything really come of it except getting more anger from people like me? Like, you, you know, listen, you lied to us. You tried to take over the government. You know, you, you've committed treason, but what's going to happen? Where we are today, I, I, I don't have a whole lot of hope. You know, what, what I've run across, I ran across this story. Now, remember, knew about the story in India. We talked about it back in the middle of September. And it's just making its way out now to a few places in India. But there's some things that I discovered, and this is what started this program in my mind, or at least what I thought I'd be doing. I worked in emergency management for a number of months. And in that work, I started doing some research, trying to get an understanding of the SARS-CoV-2 virus. And, and one day I'm, I'm doing some research And I just typed in S-A-R-S, and I was starting to type the C-O, and I saw something pop up. So I just kind of grabbed for it because it looked like a CDC website, and it was. It was the CDC. Buried in there were some some documents. 
And in those documents, it talked about a SARS-CoV outbreak, S-A-R-S, like C-O-V, but without the dash two, just said a SARS-CoV outbreak. And I'm looking at this thing, and this, this is like from what, 2003 and 2004? 2002, maybe, and I'm, I'm scratching my head. I don't recall that. I recall H1N1. I, I recall swine flu. I, I recall a lot of things, but I, I don't remember this. And I'm reading this, you know, 30,000 Americans died. Did you know that? <laughs> Where did this happen? And so we're told by Dr. Fauci, and we're told by everybody that this is a novel virus. It's all brand new. We've never seen this before. This is so new. Well, actually, it isn't really new. David Martin, who's got a PhD, has done a wonderful job in uncovering the paper trail behind this SARS-CoV-2 virus. It's not a novel virus. And here's the problem. There are all kinds of patents and government grants that detail the features of this virus, and it goes back two decades Now, Martin got his doctorate, University of Virginia, 1995, hired to the medical school faculty, and he set up the first medical school clinical trials for a lot of things at the university. But he got involved with conducting medical device clinical trials for the USDA. So he understands the FDA clinical trial process. In, In 1998, he was involved with a company called MCAM. And that is focused on finding ways to bring intellectual property into conventional finance. Nothing wrong with that. MCAM also started auditing the U.S. patent system at the request of the United States Congress. And in the early 2000s, MCAM worked with the Senate Banking Committee and was the contractor for the United States Treasury to expose white-collar criminal activity around intellectual property and tax fraud. And here's some of the things that they discovered. They they discovered a lot of things about this particular uh, so-called novel virus. See, as explained by Martin, in 1999, the National Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease, the NIAID, headed by, do we need a drum roll now, Dr. Anthony Fauci identified coronavirus as a possible vaccine vector. This is 1999. At the time, the disclosed rationale all had to do with fighting an HIV vaccine. Remember that? That takes Fauci back to the 80s, where he considered homosexual people subhuman, and they were part of his long-term experiments. But see, then in 2002, another name that I've mentioned multiple times on this program, knowing that there's not much they can say because it's true. 2002, Dr. Ralph Barrick, Ph.D., University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill, filed a patent on a recombinant coronavirus. And within a year, we had that first SARS outbreak. Uh Uh-huh. Well, there's some other things we need to know. And I'm not going to get... There's a lot to tell you, but I'm just going to give you the highlights here. This is all you need. So I'm going to move rather quick here, so it's. I think you can follow. We know the first SARS outbreak occurred in late 2002, going into 2003, and a little bit into 2004. 
This is right after Barrick's team invented and patented this infection replication uh, defective coronavirus. And um, up until that point, we never had SARS. So all these thousands of years, we've never had an issue with this at all. Then you have what's called the PrEP Act that came out during the, remember the anthrax attacks back after 2001? It, It gave this removal of liability for manufacturers of medical countermeasures to some kind of a biological warfare attack. Okay, so you got that now. So now people can create these things to help us from whatever. Now, there was a big alarm bell that came out that should have been noticed back in February of 2016. This is when Barack Obama is still president, and this is also during a time there was a moratorium of any kind of research on gain of function or gain of threat on a virus, which makes it a bioweapon. And you find out that the EcoHealth Alliance, here's another name you've heard me talk about a lot, Peter Daszak. He is what is called by by Mr. by Dr. Martin the money laundering agent, or I, I call him I called him the uh, you know the bag man for gain of function research when it was banned. And so rather than close it down, Dr. Fauci using this third party, which is Peter Daszak, the money launderer, the the bag man, they moved the research to China. It's in 2015, this is long before you and I ever heard of this novel virus, to sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, we need to increase, listen to this carefully, this is his own words, and I've seen the video, so I can tell you this is something that he did in a PowerPoint presentation, and it is on, on video, it is him. This statement, here's what he said. To sustain the funding base beyond the crisis, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures, such as pan-influenza, meaning pandemic, or, or, drumroll please, a pan or pandemic coronavirus. See, here's what here's what Dr. Martin is saying that they're they're talking about. And this goes back once again to what Peter Daszak was saying in this wonderful presentation. He said to sustain funding beyond the crisis, we need to increase public understanding of the need for medical countermeasures, like I said, pan-influenza or the pan-coronavirus. He says a key driver is the media And the economics will follow the hype. That's exactly what he's saying. He's saying this to people. He's saying this in a video. The key driver is going to be the media for a pan-influenza or a pan-coronavirus. In other words, a pandemic. And we we need to use this hype to our advantage to get to the real issues. Investors will respond if they see profits at the end of the process. Well, there's there's Moderna, there's Pfizer, there's AstraZeneca and others. They see a profit in all of this. Doesn't it sound rather familiar to you? There have been some 4,000 patents filed since 2002, filed on the genome vaccines and the detection of a coronavirus. 
Isn't that amazing? In April of 2003, the CDC, they filed a patent on the genome of a SARS coronavirus. And then magically, five days later, Sequoia Pharmaceuticals gets a grant of $935,000 and files a patent for the treatment of the same virus. Magically, they had it all figured out in five days. Mm, Isn't that amazing? What we're seeing is Pfizer's been playing with the S1 spike protein since 1990. That's 31 years ago. So we're being told it's all new. Unfortunately, it's old news. Now, let me remind you of this one little audio clip I played for you of Dr. Fauci when he talks about these treatments and what have you uh, for these novel coronaviruses. Listen carefully. And then I'm going to finish up my thoughts. So I just have to go with the data. I don't have any horse in the game one way or the other. Well, as you can see, Dr. Fauci lied. The evidence is overwhelmingly clear that Dr. Fauci's agencies have had patents and involvements with many of the companies. As a matter of fact, you can find this for yourself. I'm not making up anything. It's right there in the record. Fauci lied to Congress about the NIAID's financial interest in various drugs and therapeutics and what have you. And during this pandemic, Congress and the Congressional Budget Office asked for an accounting of any of the NIH-owned patents, where they might have a potential commercial interest in the drugs being produced. And the guy touted out there as... The, the savior of mankind here in the United States from the virus, Dr. Fauci, failed to disclose any of it. And he lied when he said, oh, I have no horse in this race. Sure you do. Everybody knew Moderna failed to disclose to the federal government their interest in its research and the money that they'd gotten. Moderna, whose stocks were worth just like, you know, a dollar not that long ago, suddenly is worth like $400 a share today. There's no justification. There's none. And given the fact that Moderna is on record of having violated the federal law about 141 times, somehow Fauci wanted them to be the winner. See, he kept talking about how long it would take a vaccine to be produced because he's working with his team, the Moderna team. And Pfizer's out there doing the same thing. Violations of law everywhere and not a Justice Department to be found. We haven't had a Justice Department in so long, it's scary. It has been corrupted back during the Obama years. And then it was fighting against the election of President Trump, like him or not, doesn't matter. They were part of a literally an insurrectionist hoax. We want to make sure that candidate doesn't win. We're going to lie about him. And then after he's elected, we're going to continue to go after him. We're going to get a special prosecutor. I can remember that Joy Bear on The View, a program that will lower your IQ points every minute you watch. Laughing giddy when she thought she had heard a rumor that Mueller had found a connection with Russia and it turned out to be fake. She was just laughing and giddy. 
They're going to take him down. They're going to take him out in handcuffs. <laughs> and it was wrong. If the law and justice was what it used to be in this country, people that perpetuated that hoax, that made it happen, including Struck and Page, the FBI lovebirds, including James Comey, including Clapper and Brennan and all, they'd be in prison awaiting execution because they have conspired in a conspiracy. Then we have our woke military. We saw what happened in the last few weeks with them. We're in serious trouble in this country. And if God were to pull back the curtain for just a day and shine the light of truth on the rotting corpses that are nothing but demonic, that are really pulling the strings all over the world, not just in the United States, those that are believers would be appalled. But I think those that hate God, that have turned their back, mocked him, cursed him, they'll never see it. As 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 says, they are subjecting themselves to an absolute delusion. They're believing nothing but lies, and they do it as the Bible declares to their own damnation. But maybe if that moment of truth comes, maybe some of those that are just not well-educated believers will see the truth and recognize that the only hope you have is found in Jesus Christ. It is not found in Fauci. It is not found in any politician. And please, I'm tired of hearing this. Wait till 2022. We'll get it fixed when we get the House back and maybe the Senate. We'll get it fixed by 2024. We'll bring Trump back. Evil is going to fight as hard as it can to make sure those days never occur. They're going to make sure it doesn't happen. If they have to cheat, they're going to make sure it doesn't happen. And right now, let's think about this. You know, the clinical trials on some of these vaccines, the first phases don't even really end till 2023 in the best instance. And so any approval of these COVID vaccines is phony, in my opinion. I believe there's probably bribing and threatening and coercing people all over. These drug companies are now feeding on a trough of billions of dollars of government money. And all the controls and all the precautions are gone. They're thrown away. And there's no legal liability. Even these companies have had to modify their protocol midstream, which is, you know, you don't do that in your normal trials and our justice system that doesn't exist anymore we have no justice we we have no justice system it's just a legal system that's sold to the highest bidder no liability for injury or death on these things and who's got one of the patents it's it's fauci's agencies and how's it going to end I believe if things don't change, it's going to end in a near total collapse of the judicial system because we're on a path to global tyranny with no escape route. I also believe that the United States currency has got to be crushed. It's got to fail. It's got to go away. The petrodollar has got to be gone. we got to kill it. The globalists, even those in our own government who are globalists, want to see our dollar go and your money go, your retirements go. And then you're dependent upon the new digital currency that the World Economic Forum has been pushing for a long time. The idea of these vaccines, yeah. Take these vaccines 
and now get your passport, which will now be tied to your medical digital ID and your social credit score and everything else on an international basis. It's all heading to a beast-type system. You know it, and I know it, if you're a believer. So is there any good news in any of this? I'm going to make some educated guesses. These are not prophecies. They're not some kind of prediction. I'm just saying educated guesses from all the things that I have been reading over the past year and a half. And people that have proven themselves over and over again to be right. I believe that these vaccines are going to have a negative effect over time. We're finding out they really don't work. In the most vaccinated places in the world, they're failing. People are in the hospital with being fully vaccinated. And so so the answer is, hey, more of the same stuff that doesn't work. Maybe if we keep doing it, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. But I think what's going to happen to many people that keep taking the boosters, they're going to they're going to damage their immune system. Baby boomers like me. Take a baby boomer that should live to be 90. will probably be gone by 79 or 80. They're going to die sooner, and no one will ever really say it's the, uh, it's not, it couldn't have been the vaccines all these last couple of years. We're going to see our economic system collapse. It is the 2030 agenda of the World Economic Forum. And it's like, you know, you look at Klaus Schwab, he kind of reminds you of a bad James Bond villain, Dr. Evil. You'll own nothing and be happy. The billionaire class will have it all, and everybody else that is left will be there to serve them. Is this the uh, Great Tribulation? I don't know. But expect a time of very intense tribulation, judgment of God, United States, and many nations. Australia, United Kingdom, Canada, you turn your back on God, you cursed him. There is a price to be paid. We'll get into it more next week. But I'm telling you, you're listening to the biggest lies ever told. Ever told. And I'll share more. If you believe in this ministry, would you consider supporting us financially to cover the cost of our airtime on shortwave? And I I am going to have to spend a little bit more if I want to push the podcast out to more. Podcast is one of those things, it'll grow. And I'm sure that someday when the tech tyrants and everything is closing in, It'll it'll be pushed back, and we'll go back to being that. Well, we'll, st- we'll always be on short wave. But if you believe in us, would you support us financially? Our mailing address right now, for the time being, we'll be here in Florida for months. Truth to Ponder, five seven five three, Highway eighty five North, number three two four eight. That's Truth to Ponder, five seven five three eighty five North, Highway eighty five North three two four eight, Crestview, Florida. Crestview 32536. Till next week, may God bless you. This has been Truth to Ponder with Bob Bierman. To find out more, visit our website, Truth, the number two, and the word ponder.com. That's Truth, the number two, ponder.com. Truth to Ponder, shining the light of truth in a darkening world.